Hi there, I'm Jolene McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering today's questions, we have with us Bill D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Pizzani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, gentlemen. Okay, Phil, our first question is from Ronnie in New York. Do you think investors are sitting on cash on the sidelines because of the possible tax law changes and consequences? Okay, so, um, you know, I, very interesting question. Um, I would think no. Uh, I, I think no, because if you look at the low tax rate for cap gains, right, the proposal is over a million dollars of income. Uh, and higher, it will go up to the highest rate. If you are trying to get deals done, uh, and a lot of private equity money out there chasing deals, a lot of venture capital money out there chasing deals, if you are a seller of the company, you would think that it would be advantageous uh, to you to get that deal done in fiscal year 2021 uh, before the higher rates kick on up in, in 2022. Uh, so I would expect a flurry of activity surrounding uh, that uh, as people are looking to, you know, make deals if they're looking to sell uh, or merge, uh, you know, uh, during this time period. Um, I think if you're looking at sitting on cash or, or selling and raising cash to lock in a lower cap gains rate, uh, again, if you're going to be hit with higher uh, taxes in your bracket, and to, again, talk to your tax advisor um, and, and certainly talk to us, it may be advantageous uh, to book certain amount of cap gains under the lower rates. Um, but I think it depends on what you hold, what your time period is, and, and ultimately what are your goals? Uh, what would bother me if the, the stepped up basis went away? Uh, and depending on what bracket that happens, because I, I feel like a lot of middle class uh, and a lot of clients have passed you know, wealth on through their families for a number of years by, by planning this out. And you know, if you're a baby boomer, you know, uh, mid, let's call it mid to low 70s, and you've spent most of your life planning uh, and, and how you'd leave the assets behind or, or spend them down, uh, you know, in the last, let's say, 15 years you got, uh, it's, you know, it, it really uh, it can throw an apple um, and disrupt the card a little bit. Uh, if that's a saying, I just made it up, but you get the idea. Um, so I, I think that um, just like, Clinton tax laws change things, just like the George W. Bush tax laws change things, the Obama tax laws and the Trump tax laws. Uh, there's always been workarounds. And so, you know, one of the fun parts of this job is working with really highly qualified accounting firms and, and you know, periodicals that we, we get and understanding how these tax law changes will affect our clients. And then obviously finding, you know, legal workarounds to that. And that that's a fun and challenging part of, of this job. Uh, and, and we'll certainly have that once we know how the laws change. But right now, our business is sitting on a higher level of cash waiting for the tax laws to go. Uh, I, I would say that they might be cautious, but also it's probably a good environment to put monies to work because rates have been, you know, fixed rates are so low uh, and deals seem to still be able to be accretive. So, uh, sitting on cash right here is a very, very tough thing to do with inflation spiking up to like a two and a half percent type of uh, number. So maybe you're sitting on cash to wait for markets to come down. That's been a tough game to play over the past years, we all know. 
Um, but uh, you know, that's I, I think I'd see a flurry of activity coming into into the end of 2021 uh, in terms of uh, mergers and acquisitions. If they're if they're going to happen, they'll happen this year, I would think. I like that answer a lot. The other thing that I find really interesting is going back to your JFK quote from last week that you stumped me on. Um, it hurts most of the conversations that I've had with other people. It hurts liquidity a lot because some people may not may choose to not sell something as we go into next year, the year after, if the capital gains rate does get higher. And that creates an environment where you don't have as much money exchanging hands. And liquidity is really the engine that ultimately drives the economy. That's incredibly important. And then subsequently, if there is a flurry of deals that get done toward the end of this year, people decide to sell some capital gains to lock in at the lower rates, then there's a lot of cash sitting on the sideline looking for another area of reinvestment, which it's going to be reinvested maybe to higher capital gains on. Yeah, we said last week the average, you know, U.S. consumers uh, as a whole sit on usually about a trillion. That number's at 2.9 trillion now, right? So two trillion above. Yeah, if that goes up, right, that's going to have to find a home at some point. Yeah, what are you going to do with it after you sell? That's yeah. Reverberate back to that. You're not going to buy bonds with rates going up, bonds going down. Yeah. This is a great segue to the next question. <laughs> okay, Mike. Our next question is from Joe in New York. What do you think of earnings season so far? Way stronger than I even anticipated. Um, so a, a number of times in the past, we said that there was gonna be a massive acceleration in both earnings and economic data heading into the first and the second quarter of this year, because again, trailing 12 months, basically the economy was put into a self-induced coma. So right now, second quarter, I'm sorry, the first quarter earnings are coming in at 46.3% year over year. Uh, some of the estimates were like low to mid 30s. Um, it's really incredible. Um, about 87% of companies are beating analyst expectations. And analyst expectations already were expecting earnings to grow from 30 to 35% year over year. We're going to see 45 to 50% year over year earnings growth for the S&P 500. And a lot of companies are actually raising guidance, talking things up about how they're probably going to see accelerated foot traffic as the economy continues to reopen. A number of people, travel and leisure seems to be reaccelerating again. I believe a recent survey that I looked at had something like 80 to 85% of people either had a trip booked or were planning on booking a trip over the course of the next 12 months. So you're not seeing a lot of negative revisions. There is a really positive tailwind as it pertains to earnings. And one of the more interesting things that we talk about in terms of, all right, are you going to wait for the market to dip? There have been a lot of different charts uh, circulating around like U.S. stock market to total U.S. GDP, valuations of the stock market on a P.E. ratio, and those charts are all going to go back, not to historical averages, but to numbers that don't look so obscene as we lap the second quarter of this year and you get rid of the second quarter of last year's data. So the earnings numbers are incredibly strong. It's hard to dismiss what the positive commentary that's coming out amongst these companies. The one real negative that you can actually see is the semiconductor shortage that's around there is hurting certain things. And a lot of semiconductor companies, I believe Intel's CEO came out last night saying he doesn't expect it to be fixed for the next year. So that's really the one negative that's kind of outstanding there in earnings is that 
there's not enough to, there's not enough supply of certain things because of the semiconductor shortage. But I mean, I don't think I, I, we may never see a earnings number 50% year over year again um, in terms yeah. of our entire career. So you you're can't right. you know it, how strong these are. And you're right about the supply chain uh, and it's hitting all sectors, right? From lumber to now, I read over the weekend, pool chlorine, right? Um, you know, it's uh, uh, lumber again. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, semiconductor chips, um, very interesting uh, times, which which drives up prices, right? Which probably helps make earnings look better. But to your other to your re- response before, right? I mean, with great earnings like this, and as you said this morning uh, in in our asset allocation meeting, uh, you know, everyone thought the PE was too high and and whatnot. But if these earnings keep coming in good. Yeah, the denominator moves up and pushes the price even higher, potentially. I mean, the one thing that you have to understand is this is going to be the peak in terms of the rate of change. So you're not going to see 50% again, so it's going to tail off from that. But that doesn't necessarily mean the bottom's going to fall out from under everything. We're still probably in acceleration mode as the economy reopens. Yeah, interesting times. Okay, well, thank you both for answering this week's two questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, email us at jmccarthy at focusedwealthmgmt.com. Stay safe and stay tuned for something a little special.